0: Section 6 of The Rose-Coloured World and Other Fantasies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Rose-Coloured World and Other Fantasies by Ethel Mary Brody. Naomi's Wedding Bells. The sun dawned gaily on Naomi's wedding day springtime had filled the garden with flowers and trees with songsters fleecy clouds drifted across the sky and vanished in the purple haze of the distant mountains over the fields and meadows paused the heavy odor of the new-mown hay which lay piled in golden-brown heaps the orchards hid beneath a mist of pink and white blossoms their fragrance distilling with the warmth of the sunshine. From the meadows clanged the cowbells and sounded the stuttering wail of the sheep, and from the tall grasses in the leafy hedges chirruped the cricket. The soft southern note of the wind chanted through the woodland behind Miss Hattie Durand's cottage, and the little village drowsed in balmy ease. Naomi Durand was an orphan, Years ago her parents had passed from this life and had left her to the care of an only sister of Mr. Durand's. So Naomi journeyed from her home in the southern states to dwell in the little cottage at the village of Mertonville with her maiden aunt. Naomi was only nineteen years old and a pretty golden-haired, blue-eyed girl. A merry-hearted girl was she. Fond of dress and admiration and a good time. She was beloved by all the swains of the village. Naomi Durand was not given to brooding or reading or to thinking much about anything except fun. Indeed, her life had rippled through the village, bubbling and happy like the stream beneath the village bridge. And no one ever associated tragedy with the cheery blue eyes and gaysome laugh of Naomi Durand. Mertonville was a picturesque village of the western states. It was set in the cup of the foothills. On Naomi's wedding day, soft summer mists clung to the hilltops surrounding it, fading into the purple gray of the far away Rocky Mountains. A violet haze lingered in the meadows beyond its straggling vine clad cottages. The stream beneath the village bridge gurgled indolently on its way winding through a ravine and so losing itself among the hills and dales passing through the village was a main road on which was situated miss hetty durand's cottage the road passed among the cottages and out again as if mertonville were too unimportant for even a pause at the humble village inn on this sweet day the foliage of tree and hush gleamed at its greenest and the air breathed fresh and fragrant the hum of tiny insects and the clucking of fowls blended their monotonous sounds with the hypnotic spell of a warm summer day in an American village. The villagers were quiet folk. As Mister Durand was not well off from a money standpoint, the service would be a simple one in the cottage. Only a few friends had been invited to witness the ceremony. There was no bustle nor excitement about the preparations. Miss Durand arranged everything in a gentle way all her own. Except for the unusual floral display in the cottage, no stranger would have guessed how important a day it was for her. Miss Hetty Durand was a tender-hearted woman. Flowers betrayed more of her sentiment and feeling than any number of fine phrases or golden coins. In the midst of her old-fashioned garden, among the ferns, vines, and blossoms, this quaint maiden lady was as sweet as any flower in her old lace cap and purple silk gown on Naomi's wedding day. Everything was in readiness at three o'clock. The guests were beginning to arrive, and the youngsters of the village had collected outside the fence to watch proceedings. Alec MacDonald had a long road to travel to wed his bride. He lived in a village among the mountains, and a ride of many miles lay between the cottage of Miss Hattie Durand and his dwelling. Twas a dangerous road he had to ride. The trails had cut rough and rutty, with recent rains and great torrents had burst from the mountains. Many villages and low-lying lands were flooded in the spring freshets avalanches had started from the mountainsides, loosened by the rains, and wildly rushed down the slopes. There were tragic tales of riders who had crossed the mountains in early spring, for sudden storms had swept the peaks. Lives had been broken beneath landslips or borne to eternity on the turbid, swirling waters of the mountain streams. The sun fell softly into the little parlor of the cottage. A light wind fluttered the muslin curtains, like a spirit from a happier world, and stirred the vines which draped the walls. Almost overpowering was the distilled sweetness of the flowers, suggestive of sadness as well as of gladness. Miss Hetty Durand, with a smile half sorrowful, was arranging a bouquet of pinks and violets in a dainty vase when the maid of honour, Isabel Vane, entered the room. Well, dear, how is Naomi now softly inquired Miss hetty Durand Naomi's all right, answered Isabel quietly, but she cannot stand the ringing of the doorbell. She suggests leaving the door open as it is such a warm day. The guests can enter without formality as they know us all so well. Miss Durand scrutinized Isabel's face in surprise and then inquired, "What bell?" the doorbell, I suppose. I haven't noticed any bells ringing, but Naomi seems to hear them, remarked Isabel. Poor child! I expect she's a bit nervous, naturally. Indeed, exclaimed Isabel quickly. She looks as cool and calm as your Violet's. Well, dear, you can tell Naomi that the door has been open for at least an hour, and the bell has not rung once to-day. "'I thought it hadn't,' returned Isabel. "'But Naomi seemed disturbed about it, so I came to tell you.' Miss Hetty looked up mildly from her flowers. "'Tis very odd,' said she. "'Very. However, I guess I might feel the same way on my wedding day,' (laughs) returned Isabel, laughing. "'Perchance you might.' smiled Miss Hetty. "'Are you coming up to see her before the ceremony?' asked Isabel, changing the subject. "'Yes, dear. When my friend Mrs. Paul comes, I shall leave her to look after my guests while I pay visit upstairs to Naomi.' So Isabel returned to the little bride. But after Isabel had left the room, Miss Hetty added to herself strange there are no bells in this neighbourhood that she could possibly hear unless the village youngsters are playing tricks i shall just watch i don't approve of practical jokes least of all on a wedding day children should be dealt with severely for making an occasion ridiculous that should at least be dignified as well as happy miss hattie durand stood between the parlour curtains to watch the youngsters the children were running about and laughing but nothing unwanted occurred it was some time after three o'clock when miss hetty left her friend mrs paul in charge of her guests and went upstairs to pay visit to the bride naomi in her simple bridal dress was lovelier on her wedding day than she had ever been her large blue eyes were happy and yet wistful her fair skin tinged with a warm pink from suppressed excitement her mouth trembling between a laugh and tears as the sunshine fell into the little room it broke into a halo of glory around naomi's golden hair naomi was seated near the window overlooking the garden and isabel was standing by it watching the gate for the bridegroom was expected at any moment Alec has not come yet, Auntie, said Naomi, glancing up from her reverie as Miss Durant entered the room. No, dearie, but he may come any minute now. Miss Hetty drew up a chair beside Naomi and seated herself. Isabel gave me your message, Auntie. Well, dear, have the bells stopped ringing? asked Miss Hetty, smiling. Naomi shuddered a little, before she answered hesitatingly. "'Not altogether. "'I think you must be mistaken, or perhaps you are growing deaf.' And Naomi wound her arms around Miss Durand's neck. "'I guess Naomi is dreaming,' laughed Isabel. "'Love seems to affect most people in that way. "'Lovers would dream their lives away if envious mortals did not interfere. "'Here am I, for instance, very.' Envious Naomi forced a smile. I guess Isabel is growing deaf too. I might set up an institution for deaf people and take you two as free patients when I cure you. I shall send in a big bill like the quacks, please pay it indeed, cried Isabel saucily. I think Mr. Rand and I shall organize a circus and exhibit you as a marvel of hearing, having ears to hear things unheard by the common everyday eardrum." Miss Hattie glanced from one girl to the other, half doubting their seriousness about the bells. "'I suppose you are playing a joke on me. You want to frighten me with something weird. This is your last fling at your old auntie, I suppose, to cheer her up at parting with her girlie. And Miss Durand kissed the bride affectionately. "'It is Naomi's joke, then, not mine,' said Isabel gravely. Naomi glanced out of the window before she replied, for her lips were trembling a little. "'Well, friends, whether you accept it as a joke or not, the fact remains the same since before three o'clock i have heard bells ringing such strange strange bells miss hetty took the little bride's face in her hands and looked tenderly into the big blue eyes which gazed back at her with a pathetic sort of happiness i never thought you were a queer girl naomi Indeed, you have always been a very practical little woman in most things, dress and fun excepted. You look as sensible and as pretty as ever, perhaps more so today, this being your wedding day. But your talk is uncanny, as Alec MacDonald would say. Alec may not have a chance to say at all if he does not hurry up. Naomi still stared out of the window, but she tilted her head saucily. Look at the time! Nearly half-past three, and not here yet. A woman may be permitted to be rather vain on her wedding day, and rather late. Alec must be fixing up fine, and a man should never be vain at any time tis his place to admire woman for her prettiness to love her for her vanities to seek her for her own sweet self whether others agree or disagree and then to marry her on time five minutes more and alec's chance is gone for ever and ever then i fear alec is doomed sighed miss hetty with a smile do give him five minutes grace isabel pleaded mischievously Five minutes grace, you ask? murmured Naomi softly. I shall give him eternity. And if he comes late and wastes your time in this way after you are married? inquired Isabel, bent on teasing. Naomi was silent a moment. I shall not always be so extravagant with my time as I am to day, she said slowly. "'Perchance I may never have to wait for Alec again.' "'Alec, beware! "'Take heed to your ways and walk with care. "'Amen!' laughed Isabel. "'Do you see anyone coming?' asked Naomi, "'changing the subject rather nervously. "'Isabel lifted the window higher and gazed up the road. "'No one yet.' "'Miss Durand arose.' well dears i must go down to my guests my darling she whispered as she kissed the bride once upon a time my mischievous merry baby then a romantic romping girl and now my little woman altogether lovely and lovable drawing an old lace handkerchief from a capacious pocket Miss Hattie Durand wiped her eyes and went downstairs, sighing to herself. What will I do without my little Naomi? But fate was to be kinder to Miss Durand in her loneliness than to poor little Naomi, the bride. And what about the bells, Naomi? inquired Isabel, the merriment leaving her face as Miss Durand left the room. They are ringing still, such strange, strange bells. Ringing still, gasped Isabel with a shiver. Yes, dear. And why didn't you tell your auntie just now about them? I kept up for Aunt Hetty's sake. I do not wish to worry her. Brave girl, murmured Isabel, taking the bride's cold hand in hers. "'Say nothing more to her, Isabel. "'Not a word, dear. "'I don't understand why they ring and ring. "'It makes me think of the bell in the church-tower "'when it tolls for the—' "'Hush!' interrupted her companion. "'Don't speak of such things, dearie.' "'But it is true. "'They are ringing, ringing. "'Such strange, strange bells.' "'Isabel did not answer.' but slipped her arm around the bride tenderly, and so they sat in silence for some time. They listened to the happy hum of voices downstairs, and watched the leaves and the flowers as the wind gently tossed them with a soft whispering sound, as if breathing to them the message of the strange, strange bells. No one yet, sighed Naomi. Isabel leaned out of the window, There is someone coming, riding down the road. Alec! gasped Naomi, trembling. Riding so fast! continued Isabel, not noticing Naomi's cry. Alec! again broke from Naomi's white lips. Yes, yes! exclaimed Isabel excitedly. Alec, at last! Alec! cried Naomi, trembling violently. And where is his friend Bob Nell's? Why, the rider is alone, burst from Isabel in amazement. Alone? Naomi clasped her hands tightly. He looks as if he were riding for his life. He rides so fast, continued Isabel excitedly. So fast, murmured Naomi mechanically. Dear me, what has happened he has no hat on his clothes hang like lead as if soaked with water gracious it is bob Nell's. i wonder where alec isabel stopped short horror struck and glanced quickly at naomi naomi had seen naomi knew like a lily drooping for want of water So Naomi leaned against the wall near the window, her lips parted, her eyes staring with fear, for life seemed to be slipping, slipping from her grasp. A spectre had risen before her with the bells, the strange, strange bells, and it was Alec. Alec, Alec, she moaned. You are dead, dead. Shh. I hear the bells ringing, ringing, ringing. Come, Naomi, whispered Isabel, leading the bride to the bed, gently seating her on it and holding her cold hands in her own. I hear the bells ringing, ringing, louder, louder than ever. Oh, Alec, Alec, moaned the bride, shivering. I understand now. All afternoon, I felt the tragedy. I kept up for Aunt Hetty's sake, Alec. I joked to chase the feeling away. You are dead, Alec. You died when the strange, strange bells first began to ring. Oh, Alec, dearest, you are gone, gone. Never shall we meet again in this world. Never, Alec, never. Naomi pressed her hands together and wrung them cruelly. Listen, listen, Isabel, do you hear? Ringing, ringing, ringing. Naomi, in her bridal array, remained seated on the bed. The orange blossoms lay in her laps, and she fingered the leaves tenderly. She had removed the wreath from her hair. She sat there staring, staring at nothing, hearing nothing, knowing nothing. If she heard... It was only the ringing, ringing of the bells. If she knew anything, it was that Alec had passed for all time out of her existence. If she saw, it was the face of the spectre, of Alec, cold and lifeless, dead. Presentiment had become fear, and fear was soon to be reality, for Alec was dead. Miss Hattie Durand opened the door softly, her face white as Naomi's. "'My poor darling, God help you!' she whispered tenderly, lovingly. But Naomi heard not. Naomi had fainted. The strange, strange bells. The toll of death. End of section 6